Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. So it was like an onboarding, like a lot of software has like this like click-through, how to, you know, onboarding flow. This is how we yep. were thinking about that for a physical product is like, how do we onboard somebody correctly so that they're empowered to customize the product and therefore don't go, oh, I don't like it. Well, especially if someone tries it, they're not going to rebuy because they, they didn't like it. And sometimes you have to be told how to do something. I'm Welcome back to Pitstop. Joining me today is Jonathan Crawford. He is a venture-backed CEO who has had huge exits to Alibaba, worked with brands like Mudwater and Groovy, but today he's joining me in the Pitstop garage to talk about automating your business. Jonathan, welcome to Pitstop. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to take a pit stop. Me too. So just like the name implies, it's a quick little tune-up for your direct-to-consumer brand store, not doing a full overhaul, short episodes, but very impactful, much like automations. So we got connected through Mesa, sponsor of the podcast. I know you're a big fan of them. Let's talk about automations and really getting into some of the most impactful automations because it's always something that I try to do, how successful I am at it. That's TBD, but uh, really trying to, if I'm find myself repeating it and there's no benefit to doing it manually of kind of getting to know things a little bit better, I always try to automate it from the, these podcast episodes to, to publish to automating anything in my e-commerce store. And you've had some really successful results with it, but let's start at, at the very beginning. We were talking in the green room, how it's still a fairly new concept. So what are you impacting by, by automating your business? Well, you know, I've thought a lot about, I've been using Mesa for well over a year, year and a half. You know, I've also used things like if, if this, then that. The truth is, is like, we're, I'm still not always at a point where I think, hey, uh, let me create an automation for that. Like, I think that there's this, uh, an automation would be the solution, but I'm actually looking for just like a solution to a problem. I'm not looking for an automation. So what usually happens for me is that I'll sort of wake up in the morning with some kind of a business problem that I didn't even know I had when I went to bed last night. Uh, something, you know, something broke, something that we thought was an improvement actually created an unexpected other issue. Now that I've had Mesa in my tool belt, I mean, not to sound like a huge like salesman, but it, it has actually solved a lot of those sort of like, I just found out I had this problem when I woke up. Uh, a, a great example is this is the first way that I found Mesa was we'd been moving. So at Mudwater, you know, doing millions of dollars a month in, in, uh, in D2C volume, in order to sort of improve costs, we had moved to a new 3PL and we'd also moved over from a different carrier to DHL. But what we didn't realize is that Shopify doesn't support DHL for like tracking updates. So our customers were going to that tracking page and it wasn't progressing. It was just staying at shipped. And so which is, customers... Which could mean anything. 
Yeah, and customer support's overwhelmed by all these messages. And we thought, hey, we're being good business people by using this more efficient tracker or uh, shipping carrier, but we didn't know this problem was coming. And I quickly realized that Mesa's other app, ShopPad's other app called Tractor, has the ability to track all those other services. So installed Tractor. And then I wanted to have insight into what's the time from shipping to delivery. And none of these third parties like a 3PL or the carrier had placed the order to delivered. But I realized that I could use Mesa to take all these different events, stitch it all together into a story and shoot it into my data warehouse. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really looking for an automation, as I said, I was looking for like insights. And I was looking for, you know, the ability to tie things together. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of big that like we have to put something like Mesa as entrepreneurs into our tool belt because it's like a multi-purpose tool that we won't ever go. I need a multi-purpose tool. I need automations. What we will need is like, oh, I need a screwdriver. I need a knife. I need a corkscrew. And once you got that multi-purpose tool, you can solve the problems that they come up. I think that's just such a good point. And I remember when I was trying to find a a good ESP. I don't know why I wasn't using Clavio at the time if they were even available, but something more than MailChimp. And I was was using ActiveCampaign, but you couldn't really get that customer data. So you're looking at all these different conduits to just move data around to get it to the point where you can actually use it. And tracking, especially A, there's so many logistical issues right now, but it's also sort of the number one customer service inquiry. If you can help reduce that that load that's a third of all your customer support tickets and for a company doing millions of dollars in revenue a month that's going to be pretty huge so something that we wrote down that i think is pretty interesting is how inefficiency alone can cost 20 to 30 percent of total revenue can you just tell me a little bit more about about that of how it's such a such a huge i don't want to say graveyard but just area that shows room for improvement. We'll put a positive spin on it. Well, there's a few ways to look at that. There's like inefficient use of your time. But as a data scientist, I actually think that the biggest miss inefficiency is lack of insights. That's inefficient. Like you already have the data, but you aren't able to derive insight from it. That's inefficient. So Like one of the most useful things about Mesa to me, it sounds kind of goofy, but I feel like everybody should be using it to do tagging on customers and orders. For instance, we have a landing page for pregnancy at my my current startup. We're a non-alcoholic beer and wine. And so pregnant women, big lover of the product. We have a landing page. Well, we use Mesa to tag orders and customers that came in through the pregnancy landing page so that then we can put them into a different marketing funnel that's content that they are they're specifically interested in that no one else is going to be interested in because they're pregnant and that's more efficient instead of just blasting out the same content to everyone yeah and i mean i just for the impact on your email health alone like i drink a lot of non-alcoholic beers and if i keep getting information about about pregnancy I just, uh, I really don't care. I'm either going to unsubscribe, market as spam, just keep deleting and not even reading it. And then when you send a nice promotional email, which should be like someone pulls the the arm on your slot machine and you get paid, it's just not even going to to reach me. That yeah. brings me to, to sort of another point that I thought was really interesting, which everyone and their, and their mother-in-law is talking about is, is SMS. 
So email is good. Businesses are built on email, but SMS is really the best way to, to build loyalty and increase customer engagement post-sale. Because it's so new, sort of like what I was talking about email marketing a few years ago, would love to just give me a crash course. Like uh, imagine I was in a coma for three or four years and didn't even know SMS was marketing was possible, but I'm familiar with email marketing. Tell me how I should connect the two and just, just take me to school here, Jonathan. Well, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an expert on all SMS marketing. Um, I think it's still a nascent marketing channel to where there's a lot of people still trying to figure out what the norms are, what the best practices are. What I can tell you is I'm subscribed to a handful of companies and it doesn't seem like anybody's like really rocking my world, but people stay subscribed to your SMS because those are your biggest fans. Like I know people are kind of like, why would anyone ever do this? You know, you're just annoying people. You're, You're interrupting them in the middle of something. Well, the people that stay on the list and don't unsubscribe are are doing that for a reason. You should remind yourself of that. That's a big takeaway is like they have every chance to unsubscribe. Let the people that want to unsubscribe unsubscribe because who's left are the people that like kind of want you to annoy them with like new product releases, deals, Spotify playlists that you guys created or whatever. Having said that, I also used Mesa in a really cool way with SMS because I've, I've for a long time felt like there was one of the flaws. E-commerce compared to physical retail, it has a lot of advantages. I mean, you don't have to have a, a building you pay rent on. People can discover you from all over the world, yada, yada, yada. But it's missing the ability to sort of be there when somebody touches the product for the first time, to guide them through it, to show them how to use it, to look at the expression on their face, all kinds of other stuff. Like that hasn't been recreated yet. And so e-commerce entrepreneurs are just sort of like putting a product down a tube and hoping for the best. And at Mudwater, we realized through customer feedback that I don't like the way it tastes was like one of the main reasons people would unsubscribe. And we had a good answer for that, which is you're supposed to customize it. You're supposed to put it's it's a form of tea. Like you're supposed to put honey in it, cream, whatever, like how how you would normally customize coffee or tea. But people weren't thinking about doing that. And so I rigged up a Mesa automation that would actually get connected to Twilio and would send them a text message at that tractor event of delivered on their first order. So if it was their first order, as soon as it was delivered, text message, it's like, hey, good news. You just got your first order. Here's a link to a video of how to make it. So it was like an onboarding, like a lot of software has like this, like click through how to, you know, onboarding flow. This is how we were thinking about that for a physical product is like, how do we onboard somebody correctly so that they're empowered to customize the product and therefore don't go, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. And that's such a good results there. Well, especially if someone tries it, they're not going to rebuy because they didn't like it. And sometimes you have to be told how to do something. I'm, I brew coffee with Chemex and it's, I'm, I brought it to my, my dad's one time and he thought I was making meth or something. Cause I've, I got my scale out. I'm pouring, I'm not pouring, yeah. but once you figure it out, a, it's pretty simple and B, it tastes pretty damn good. So I think that that's just important that you have to tell people how to use the product or, and, and TikTok's been great for this, showing people that their dishwasher, the, the cutlery rack can be removed and put on the door. So you get more space. It might seem super obvious to someone who's been in the product day in and day out for years, but if if it's your first time using it, why would you think to do that? Why would you put the cutlery rack on on the door? 
Yeah, and I mean, just to toot the horn of SMS, I don't think that would have worked, that delivery uh, onboarding thing. I don't think it would have worked over email as well because those emails get filtered into a different inbox and like you're not going to get it the second that you ordered or sorry, it was delivered and you might have already made it this morning and then you get the email. And so just having like the real-time nature of SMS, I think, worked a lot better. And especially with shipping variables of... If you know it might take three days to get there, you proactively send it on day two. But if it's stuck in transit or something, then it just frustrates the customer that their order is not there and creates more customer support headaches. Not to mention that there's a little bit of like buzz, like, woo, it just got, I'm, I'm starting up my mud water career here. It's happening in real time. And I think there's something for, uh, from the customer perspective about a novel experience too, because how often do you get a text message as something arrives, unless it's something that's totally tracked like a brand new Apple product or, or something. Right. So I think that's a great place to wrap up episode one. We're going to be deep diving into the next episode, how you did some things like how to increase your repeat orders by 55%. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening or watching. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.